Well, we can't wait to hear that other story from, from Hazel, as she's one of our faithful uh, First Assembly people, and uh, what an amazing story that is, just to hear the heart for the house of serving. And that's what I want to talk about today, is we're in this journey, we're in this series on heart for the house uh, over these weeks. Uh, I want to talk to you this morning about generosity uh, again. Last Sunday, we talked about generosity and how God desires to give us a renewed heart for generosity. And this morning, I want to talk about generosity in the aspect of serving. And we're going to look at a beautiful passage of Scripture in John 13. So if you want to get your Bible open, you can do that. Uh, If you don't have a Bible today, that's okay. We've got uh, some Scripture for you on the screens. If you're new, my name is Ben. I'm one of the pastors here. And as James would have mentioned earlier, we're just delighted that you're here today. So as you go there this morning, John chapter 13, as we prepare for communion time just at the end of our our gathering. I want us to, again, focus on generosity and the aspect of looking at Jesus, his heart of generosity. I believe that as we look at his example of generosity, especially in the area of serving, uh, that the Lord is going to show us something this morning that will be personal and also corporate as we move forward. So John chapter 13, it's the last night of Jesus' earthly ministry uh, before he goes to the cross. And so Jesus gathers his disciples, his friends together for dinner. The next morning he is going to the cross and he will lay down his life as the sacrificial lamb of God. Understanding from the Old Testament that the lamb was the picture of the sacrifice that was necessary for the cleansing of the people. And Jesus then becoming the lamb of God to lay down his life for our cleansing, for the cleansing of the world once and for all. And so Jesus goes to the cross to lay down his life, showing and expressing the greatest act of generosity ever in human history. And so as he gathers his disciples together, uh, we pick it up here in John chapter 13, as he's revealing his heart and his love for his his disciples and for all of us. And I'm going to read it, and you can just follow on the screen today. It was just before Passover festival, and Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the very end. How many are thankful that God just loves you right to the end? Right to the end of your life. He's loving you. Isn't that amazing? So the evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all these things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal and he took off his outer clothing and he wrapped a towel around his waist. And he, and after he poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't realize what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, he said, unless I wash you, you have no part in me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. And when he had finished washing their feet, He put on his clothes and he returned to his place and he said, do you understand what I've done for you? And he asked them, you call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is 
what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. And I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, no, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I've entitled this message today, Generous Like Jesus. Generous like Jesus. That's what we want to be. Amen? Would you pray with me? Father, thank you that you are changing us by your word. God, we gather here this morning as a family. We gather in this place realizing that the scripture is God-breathed, it's supernatural, it's transforming us, it's changing us. God, that your word is not just packed full of good ideas and, and, and in some, you know, things that help our lives, but your word is actually transformational. It is supernatural. It is literally changing our hearts and our minds and making us more like you, Jesus. So I pray, God, that you would open our hearts and open our spirits to receive everything you have for each one of us individually and each one of us today in this church. Give us a heart for this house. Give us a renewed heart for this vision, this renewed season of vision that you've called us in, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 We're going to be generous like Jesus. You know, has anybody ever done something for you that caught you by surprise? Like they, they did something really generous for you and, and it kind of just blew you away. Just think about that for a minute. Has anybody had the experience, it's kind of this trend going around, uh, where, where you'll, you'll get in line at Starbucks or Tim Hortons or something and somebody will have already paid for your coffee before you got there. Has that happened to anybody in the room? Uh, random acts of generosity. And uh, I just love what our young adults do every once in a while. They gather together, they pool their money, they go out on the streets and they do things like that. Buy groceries, buy coffees for people and just say, hey, Jesus, Jesus loves you. It's, it's so amazing when that happens to us. That happened to me one time. I was in line and I got there and somebody said, your coffee's already paid for. The person in front of you paid for that. Man, does that ever make you, like, so many emotions, how does that make you feel? Like, how do you even take that, you know? Or has somebody ever, um, has this ever happened to you? Have you ever had a surprise birthday party that somebody else planned for you and you walked into that room? I mean, raise your hand if you've had, you've been the recipient or the victim, I should say, <laughs> of a surprise birthday party. What an amazing feeling. Now, I'm not really kind of a birthday guy. Like, like sometimes, honestly, on my birthday, I will forget. I would totally forget it was my birthday unless Facebook reminded me. I, I'm just like, I'm not, like people will come up to me, hey, happy birthday. Oh yeah, I guess it's my birthday. Like, and, and so that's just kind of how I'm wired. But, but uh, so I've never really kind of been like into, you know, planning a big party, obviously for myself. And obviously I've left it to other people uh, to plan those parties. Uh, I'm grateful for those parties, but I don't really kind of like go there. I'm not thinking about a party. And so on my 40th birthday, just a few years ago, um, <laughs> Uh, my wife decided, Heather decided to, to throw a, a surprise birthday party for me. And I had no idea. I mean, this was, this was something that I don't think has ever happened to me, ever. Maybe when I was a kid, my mom did that. I can't remember. But um, Heather decided to do this. And so, you know, it just so happened that she had called me up and she said, hey, um, hey, do you want to go out for dinner tonight? And I'm like, yeah, that would be amazing. It's like, not a clue. Not, not thinking it in. And I remember going out for dinner with her and I said to her, this is unusual that all the kids would have an event tonight. They're all at someone else's house. 
uh, that you're free and I'm free all on the same night. Like, this is amazing. And I'm just like not cluing at all. She's like, she's like, I know, right? This is amazing, right? And she's planning this part. I had no clue. So we had dinner and we did a few things. And, and then we went to this location and, and we walked into this room. And as I walked in there, it didn't even dawn on me until I walked right in the room. And all of a sudden, I look around. And there are friends and family members, people that I was friends with in high school, people that I was friends with, colleagues from work and, 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 and relatives. And I'll walk in this room and it's full of all these people and they're all yelling at me, surprise! And it was an 80s uh, theme. Heather put on an 80s party for me. Uh, she even brought a change of clothes for me so I could dress like the 80s. Because apparently I was dressing like the 90s then. But anyway... Uh, so she goes, put this on. So I put on my 80s and I had this rocker wig and all my friends. It was so fun. Like we're all just hanging out and everybody looked like I went to high school with them, although I didn't go to high school with everybody. Uh, it was beautiful. And, and what a great celebration and what an amazing party. But it, it was overwhelming. People brought gifts for me. Why? I just turned 40. Like I, I, I'm receiving all of this stuff and and receiving the generosity of somebody thinking about me and, and putting a party on for me. And it's overwhelming um, when someone does something so generous for you. It, it's hard to take it sometimes. Like, how do you take that in? And we've all experienced different aspects of people being generous to us in different ways. And when it's like that, when it's over the top, it's just, it's hard to kind of take it in. And I think this is what we're seeing in this passage that we read this morning. Jesus, as he gathers his close friends on the night before he goes to the cross, he he just wants to spend some time with them. He wants to share a meal with them, Passover. And and so he he gathers them together. And and Peter, we see Peter, John highlights uh, Peter and Judas in this passage. And, And Peter says to Jesus, when Jesus begins to wash their feet. He, he says, Jesus, don't, you can't, don't wash my feet. It, it, was, it was hard to, for him to actually receive that generosity from Jesus. And Jesus, as he prepared this time together with his disciples, they, they came together for this meal. And, and it, it would have been... Um, a beautiful occasion for them to be together. I'm sure so many emotions going on in that room as it's all kind of ramping up. But, but Jesus just calmly and beautifully just begins to serve. You may have seen the picture, the Leonardo, um, I wanted to say DiCaprio, it's not DiCaprio, Da Vinci. <laughs> Leonardo Da Vinci's picture, uh, the famous portrait where Jesus is sitting at the Last Supper with his disciples. It's a beautiful portrait. It's a beautiful painting. You probably see it in your mind right now. And there's so much drama uh, that's going on in that, that picture. If you look closely to the picture, Jesus is, is, is reaching for the cup and he's reaching for the, the bread. And, and you also see there's conversations going on with the disciples. They're wondering, who's betraying Jesus? Is it me? Is it I? What, you know, and, there's, and Judas is uh, displayed in that picture as well, where he's kind of leaning in and shadowy face and, and he's got a dagger in his hand. If you look close, there's all kinds of, of action going on in that picture. It's, and uh, one of the things in the picture, though, it's a, it's a high table. Now, it wouldn't have been a high table like that. It would have been uh, a lower table. In that culture, they would have come together and sat on the floor, basically, in just a little raised table. 
And it would have been custom in that day for them to, to come in from traveling that there would have been a servant at the location and the servant would have come along and, and begin to wash the disciples' feet. Now, we don't do that today. I mean, some churches will have foot washing ceremonies and it's not mandated in the scripture that we do that. Um, but it's a beautiful picture of, of servanthood. But they, they just did it really also out of necessity because they would get, their feet would get dusty as they would travel uh, throughout their journeys. And so as their feet were, were, were dusty, they, they didn't have uh, you know, beautiful uh, shoes like you and I have on this morning, dress shoes or nice boots or Nikes or something. They, they wore sandals back then. So they, they had Birkenstocks and they had Crocs and things like that. Uh, way back in that day. And so, but sandals were where they, they would, dirt and dust would, would get in on their feet. And so the servant would typically do that. And I don't know if Jesus took a servant aside at one point and said, listen, you know, I'm going to take your role tonight. Don't worry about it. Just go ahead and relax. But at one point, Jesus decided to, to take on the, the role of, that, of the servant. And this would have probably blown them away in some ways where Jesus begins to wash their feet, actually just taking time to, to serve them and, and to minister to them. And he begins to wash their feet, but Peter says, don't wash my feet. It was hard for him to actually receive the generosity. And we're talking about being generous like Jesus, and I believe that as Jesus he, he served his disciples. He was trying to show them something. And I believe he's trying to show us something this morning. And, and here's kind of the main thought of this message this morning. Before you and I can be generous like Jesus, we must first receive generosity from Jesus. That, that, he would, that we would actually allow him to minister to us through the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit would be welcome in our lives to minister to us as, as children, as, as loved ones, as followers of Jesus. And this morning, I feel like the word for the church is that Jesus is saying, I want to make you more and more generous, but I just want to minister my love and my heart to you. I just want to be there with you. And I want to serve you. You say, what, Jesus serving me? Are we supposed to serve Jesus? Yeah, that comes later. And even in Hazel's story, it's a heart that is touched by the ministry of Jesus first, and then from that place, it's about responding. We're not serving to get, we're serving from a place because we have been so impacted by what Jesus has done for each one of us. And Jesus desires, I believe this morning, as a church, just to receive. I felt like the phrase as I was praying about today is, just receive from him. Just receive. Would you receive? And just let him just let him minister to you today, right where you're at. Before you and I can be generous like Jesus to that level, we must first experience his generosity. I'm going to show you what that looks like in a moment. And I believe that as we are generous people, friends, this is not about us trying to be more generous because we're stingy. We're not stingy people. We are beautifully generous people. I mentioned last Sunday as I talked about generosity with this congregation that I'm proud of this congregation because everywhere I go in the city, oftentimes I will hear people say, First Assembly, what a generous church, what a generous people. They helped us get our church started. They, they did this. They influenced this ministry. And you are a generous people. And so I'm not saying, hey, don't, you know, you're not generous. Be more generous. I'm saying you are very generous. 
But I, I feel like what God is saying to us as we say, Lord, give us a renewed heart for the house in this renewed season of vision, is Lord, stretch and grow our generosity. Grow our generosity. Grow our hearts for this house. And I really believe that it's so fundamental that we first receive in a fresh way. So that's what I feel like God was going to do this morning as we enter into this time of, of communion. So here's how you and I can receive the generosity of Jesus. Just three things real quick this morning. Number one, receive his love. Just receive his love. Sometimes it's so hard for you and I to really receive God's love, isn't it, in our lives? And I think it's hard because we know, we know who we are deep inside. We, we feel like we're unlovable. And, and sometimes it's hard for us to love one another deeply and, and find relationship with each other at a deep level because we're scared of each other. What if people really knew me? Would they still accept me? Would they still love me? Uh, would, would people really just embrace my, my, my fears, my failures, my shortcomings? That's the beautiful thing about having a long-term friendship. How many people have friends, you know, you've had like all your life? Those friends that you've had all your life, you could just be yourself because you know they know all your stuff. You, they know your failures. They know your shortcomings, but they still choose to be friends with you. And how much more does Jesus know all of our shortcomings and fears and failures and what's going on in our heart? And how much more does he just say, I just want to serve you and love you. And I love you right where you are right now, right where you're at. And I would just encourage you this morning as we move to this time of communion, just open your heart and say, Jesus, I want to receive your love. See, Jesus, he, he knew that his disciples and he knew them so intimately and highlighted in the Gospel of John is, is Judas. And Judas, you know, and, and then Peter. And these guys had some things, some issues going on in their hearts that I think speak to and are a picture in many ways of things that are in our hearts. And, and Jesus still loved them. Judas, he was planning and he was greedy and he was conniving and he was positioning himself for influence. And, and you and I can have those things in our hearts and we recognize them. And sometimes we're very ashamed of those things, but Jesus chooses to wash Judas's feet as well as all the disciples' feet. I wonder if he took a little more time just washing the feet of Judas, loving him. And then there's Peter. I just love Peter because he's the ADD disciple. He's like, you know, he, he's like, Jesus, don't wash my feet. And Jesus is like, well, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, then you can't have any part of me. All right, then I want to have a whole bath then. Like, give me a bath, like head to, head to toe. Like, Peter, like, you've already had a bath, all right? This morning, you know, whatever, you know, Andrew told me that you had a bath. So I'm good. you're good, all right? Because you guys are roommates or whatever. Like, I know, it's all good. Like, you're, you're clean, Peter. But just receive. Just receive from me. And to receive God's love this morning is just letting him. Letting him love you right where you are. You know the, the pain. You know the challenges. You know the, the, the situations in your life where you think, how could God ever love me because of all these things? I feel like this morning Jesus is just saying, let me wash your feet. And just let me love you. He understands the complications. He understands the, the places in our heart that would pull us one way or another. Selfish ambition. 
I don't know if Peter was trying to be selfish or if he was trying, maybe he was trying to like just honor Jesus. Just honor him. Like, Jesus, you are amazing. Maybe Peter just kind of realized for a moment that this is the king of the universe washing my feet. There can't be. I mean, it would be like in our nation, you know, like our, our, our prime minister. Not, not that, you know, this would ever happen, likely. But that if the prime minister were to come in and, and to this service and we were to have a foot washing ceremony for some reason, that he would come and, and, and he would wash your feet. And some of you would be like, depending on how you voted, well, at least he's doing something right, finally. You know, I mean, some of you could be like, hey, you know, good on him, right? They're okay, we're getting some progress. Our prayers are working, you know. Um, or, you know, let's even go another, like maybe the queen mother, okay? That's a good picture of someone in our culture that would just be reverenced and respected. I mean, the queen. I mean, how would you feel if somebody were to begin to minister to you in that manner? It would just feel unbelievable. It would just, oh, what is happening here? But Peter, maybe he just had a glimpse that this is the king of the universe. This is, this is Jesus Christ, the third person of the Trinity. This is the same God who spoke and, and, and the universe was created and, and, and breathed out stars. Like, I mean, this is our God. And maybe he was getting a revelation, but he just needed to let Jesus love him. Second thing is, let him wash and cleanse what needs to be cleansed. Let him cleanse what needs to be cleansed. Maybe the dirt and the dust Jesus said, unless I wash you, you have no part in me. And Peter protested. He said, no. Don't wash me. But Jesus said, unless you let me cleanse you. No. This is what's encouraging for me today. You need to know that you're already clean. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you've accepted Christ in your life, and you've said, Jesus, I surrender my life to you, you're a Christian, you're a follower, you're going to heaven, you're already clean. You're a son and you're a daughter. And this is what Jesus is saying to Peter. He's saying, Peter, you don't need another bath because you're already right with me. My, 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 my grace has already covered you. You're already going to heaven. You're already, you don't need, you don't need to, to be completely bathed. I've already taken care of that in your life. You're a disciple. You're a follower of me. And this morning, I want to encourage you as, as you think about your own failure and your own sin, just think about the fact that you're already clean. You're already in right standing with God as you've put your trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, the greatest expression of his generosity, laying down his life for the world. You are right with God. But the dust, I believe, uh, represents, Jesus said to Peter, well, listen, you don't need a bath, but I do need to clean your feet because I believe the dust represents the journey. The dust represents how we walk through this life. And do you you feel that in this world that we live on? Sometimes things just kind of get on us. There's attitudes that just get on us as followers of Christ where all of a sudden we're, we're, we have an attitude or there's, there's something going on in our, in our lives and we're like, that's really not like Christ. And we wonder how we, we end up doing these things and having these kind of behaviors and these kinds of attitudes in our lives. Friends, it's just the dust. It's just the dust of the world that gets on us. And there could be some areas of your life that, that need cleansing today. Just know that in Christ, as you put your trust in him, you're already clean. But let him 
tend to and minister to some of the hurt, perhaps some of the wounds from the journey. Some of the places where you may have tripped and there was some scars and there was maybe some minor little scraps, scrapes and scratches and wounds and dirt and dust and infection. Just from the journey, let Jesus, let him, let him be generous to you today. And let him minister to you today. Let him cleanse you. 1 John 1.7 says, But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all unrighteousness, from all sin. What has gotten on to you? What attitudes need cleansing today? Just let him cleanse you. Finally this morning, Here's how we receive the generosity of Jesus. Let him bless you so you can bless others. Let him. Let God's blessing overtake your life. Open up your heart and your life to Jesus and say, God, I want everything you have for me. I want the blessing and the favor of God. Listen, I know in my heart, and I believe it's true about your heart this morning, We want the blessing and the favor of God to literally, I'm saying, Jesus, chase me down, tackle me to the ground, and let your favor and your blessing just overtake my life. That's my heart. That's my cry. But I know sometimes I have a hard time actually thinking that I I actually deserve that or or it could happen to me or I look at others and I'm like, look at the blessing. Look at the grace on their life. Look at the anointing. And we can get trapped in this kind of mentality where we think it's for other people. But this morning, I feel like the Holy Spirit is reminding us, First Assembly, this blessing and this favor is for you. So receive it today. Let his blessing overtake your life. Let his goodness and let his grace and let his anointing and let his power literally just bless you. But you got to receive it. You just got to let him this morning. You got to let him minister to you. He says, you call me Lord and teacher, and that's good. And and that's good that you call me that, but now I want you to receive this blessing so that you can bless God. Others, this is what he says, you also should wash one another's feet. And I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Now that you know these things, watch this, verse 17. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. In other words, now that you have received my blessing as I've served you, as I've been generous to you, now take that generosity and understand that you are blessed not just for yourself, not just just for a a limited uh, purpose, but you are blessed to be a blessing. This is why God wants to bless your life. He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless this church. But it's going to require us re-understanding, having a fresh revelation of the blessing that Jesus has already provided for us. And as we live from a place of of abundance, as we live from a place of blessing and not scarcity, understanding like like Peter saying, oh, you can't do that, or you got to do it like this. And Jesus is saying to Peter, and he's, he's saying to the disciples, just let me love on you. Let my blessing just come upon your life and just receive from me. And if we want to be generous like Jesus, we first need to receive his generosity. Let it sink in. Let it become who we are. Let it overtake our thinking and our hearts and our 
our minds and our attitudes. Let him wash off the dust. Let him love us, even though we see ourselves as unlovable. Understand that it's because of the cross of Jesus Christ when he laid down his life. He laid it down for you and me once and for all that we truly are children of God. We're children of God and children who have access to the king of all kings. We have access to walk with him and to to know him and to be in fellowship with him. And we just say, God, let it happen in my life. Let him be generous to you so that you can be blessed to be a blessing. We want to be generous like Jesus. And before we can achieve generosity in our life that would look like Jesus at another level, we need to receive it. Jesus was saying, I've showed you my generosity. I'm laying down my life, giving, loving, serving. Paul reminded the Ephesian elders of the words of Jesus when he was saying farewell. He said, Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And Paul said, I hope that I've lived my life that way before you, that I was a giver. Because Paul understood how much Jesus had given to him. And this morning, the, the, the cry is simply, let him be generous to you. I feel like this is what the Spirit is saying. He's saying, let me be generous to you. Don't try to fight it. Don't try to hide it. Don't try to let those Judases rise up in your heart, those Peters that have certain ways. And I mean, Peter, like, he had a, like, he, that was a bad start for Peter, and it just got worse. I mean, Peter ended up denying Jesus. He ended up chopping off somebody's ear. And Jesus knew it all, and he loved him, and he was generous to him. And he knows you and he loves you and he sees your failures and he sees your mistakes. And as we come together around the table today, it's a table of generosity. It's a table of him extending his heart for us. And I believe Jesus is saying, let my generosity compound and overtake your life in such a way that my blessings will chase you down. David said, He said, my cup runneth over. What a beautiful picture of the blessing of God. It's like a cup that just runs over. It's the work of the Spirit. It's just flowing in your life and through your life. Having a heart for this house and having a heart for the local church and the heart for the kingdom. It's saying, Jesus, I want to be generous like you. And it's manifest in a way that we would serve then with our lives. I'm going to ask the ushers to prepare for communion this morning, and I just want to close with this. As I've, I've shared, I, I had the opportunity in my early 20s to, to serve downtown Vancouver at a, at a mission. And I met this couple during that time. They were in their 70s, and their story is, is this. They... They were living in California, golfing, and in their 70s, they found faith in Christ through some friends, some, I can't remember the details, but they came to faith in Jesus. They, they were not followers of Christ, they were business people and made a bunch of money and living the life in Palm Springs. They were unhappy. They were miserable. And when they found Jesus, they were so overwhelmed at what it meant to 
to come to Christ and to be saved, that they decided that they would move from Palm Springs back to where they were originally from, Vancouver. And they moved to Vancouver and they started a ministry that, that would reach out to the poor and the disenfranchised in, in the downtown east side of Vancouver. And I met them because they, they, I interviewed with them and they ended up hiring me part-time as the manager for that store. And I got to journey with them for two and a half years. But I've often thought about this couple, Larry and Audrey. If they would not have responded to the generosity of God in their life, how many people would have missed coming to Christ? I mean, we saw people saved. We saw people detoxing off of drugs weekly. We saw uh, people's lives completely turned around. They were addicted and living on the streets. And just the two and a half years that I was there, there were dozens of stories of people's lives that were impacted because of this couple that said, even in my later years, Jesus has been so generous to me. I want to do the same for others. I've been so blessed that I desire to live my life to be generous like Jesus. And in order for us to be more generous like Jesus, we need to first receive his generosity in a new way and allow him to minister his love, his grace, his forgiveness, and his blessing. So just before we prepare, would you be willing today just to reach out your hands no pressure to do this, but if you would like to, just as an opportunity to say, Lord, here's my heart and here's my life. And I open my hands to you, God, to receive your blessing in my life in a fresh way, to receive your generosity. And in this moment, just let him love you. Just receive his love. He knows you don't have it all together. He knows you have the tendency to be like Judas in your heart, to be like Peter in your heart, to deny him, to make mistakes. But it's his grace that just is meeting you right here, right now. And he's saying, just let me serve you. It's like the Lord is saying, let me serve you. And let let yourself be served by God today. He said, I thought Christianity was all about what you can do for God. Listen, we'll get there. Because we live our lives serving and sacrificing and, 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 and... and modeling our lives after Christ who denied himself, took up his cross. Yeah, there's going to be sacrifice. Yeah, there's serving. Christianity is not about making your life better, but it starts with just receiving. It starts with you just saying, I'm just a disciple sitting there and the King of Kings is washing my feet and loving me and being generous to me. let him love you today. Father, we just welcome your love as we think about your table and we think about this time. And if you're here today and you've not yet made a decision in your heart to put your trust in Jesus, you can do that right now, even before we partake of this time together in communion. And what that means is you would say, I want to put my trust in Jesus, and I choose to believe in Jesus today, that he laid down his life for me. And as he laid down his life for 
you, your understanding that your sins are forgiven. You have a brand new start. The Bible says it's, it's being born again. You were born once physically. You need to be born spiritually now. And that's what it means to be born again. You're born physically, but then spiritually there needs to be a birth. And by surrendering your life to Jesus, the Bible says if you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. Just call on his name. And you're just saying, Jesus, I put my trust in you today. I want to be a follower. And the first step in being a follower is just letting him wash your feet and remind you of his love. So if that's your heart's desire tonight, just or this morning, just pray from your heart something like, Jesus, I give you my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Come into my life, Jesus. I put my trust in you today. Thank you for saving me. And if you've been unsure before this moment, you can be sure this morning if you've prayed that from your heart. Jesus has forgiven your sins and you'd be welcome to join us in this communion time today. The bread symbolizing the body broken for you, the cup symbolizing his blood spilled out, poured out for your forgiveness and for life. The team's just going to lead us in a, a song and as we worship, let's allow him to continue just to love us as we prepare our hearts this morning for this time of communion. Ushers, you can begin.